Cover City Sports is back, episode six here on September 2nd, 2020. We got some NFL divisional previews for you, a little hint of college football, some updates there. NBA playoffs are, are running hot right now, along with the Kentucky Derby that's set to go off this weekend. Lantern, let it rip. Yeah, Cover City. Cover City Sports is back, week six. We got another episode in store for you. We got the whole crew back, six weeks straight. Steve-O, what's going on over there? I'm back! You knew it! Channeling your inner uh, Will or Will Ferrell characters tonight? Will Ferrell? Yeah, Frank the Tank right there. Ow, now, brown cow. Ow, now, brown cow. Roost, what's going on in the hen house? What's up, guys? We got a little live Miami-Milwaukee Bucks action right now. Mm. You, uh, you watching live over there? Yeah, we're watching live, live, baby. You got the game on mute. Game two. Mm-hmm. Love it, Lantern. What's illuminating your world? I'm more of a Brick Tamlin kind of guy myself. Going to the pants party. Killed the guy with a trident. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I myself woke up this morning and combed my hair in the opposite direction. Didn't catch it till like six o'clock this this afternoon. So that that's where I'm at. So we're starting this week's pod with a little Life is a Highway. Steve-O and Rue want to ride it all night long. Life is a highway. I ride it all night long. We're talking the NFL here. NFL has just been on, just been basically cruising down the freeway ever since uh ever since March, headed right into the season. Season starts in nine days. Uh, we've been hitting you with some NFL divisional previews. Steve-O, who's up first this week? Uh, this week we're going to do – we're going to start with the AFC North, Dave. Um, AFC and- North, headlined by obviously the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, Bengals. Let's start with the Ravens, Steve-O. Uh, what, are you, what, are you, what, what are we looking here? How are the Ravens flying this year? Ravens were last season's number one seed. I foresee them being at the top of the division again this year. I just think Lamar Jackson is at a point in his career where he he's somebody that you really think you can figure out by watching on film, but he's just so mobile and so athletic that you never know what you're going to get with him on a play-to-play basis. Do you think – I'm not going to say does he take a step back, but do you think defenses take a step up on him this year? Let's phrase it that way. That's what that's where I'm coming across, Dave. I think he's so athletic. I don't think you can adjust to him yet. Maybe in five years when he slows down a step. But right step. now, I don't think that defenses know what he's gonna do on a play-to-play basis. It's not like, oh, if he rolls out to the right, he's gonna do X, Y, or Z. He might do, you know, A through Z. You you don't know what he's gonna do, and and he's capable of anything on any particular play. And they also added uh, J.K. Dobbin this year, running back from OSU. Dave, I was going to mention that because I thought coming out of last year's college football season, from the games that I watched, I thought J.K. Dobbins was the most electric running back in college football last year. I know he didn't get uh, drafted first. I know uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did. Um, but but I really I think J.K. Dobbins is just a, a, a downhill runner, who's a grinder and he will pound you. And I just think that in, in Baltimore's offense to go along with their other weapons is going to be, you know, something that's going to be difficult to stop. 
Yeah, well, we got moving down to the Steelers, Big Ben coming back after injury out, out just about the whole year, right? Last year, or maybe he played a game or two. I can't remember. But Big Ben coming back at 38 years old. Um, he's really the only the only name here that, that comes to mind for me having to lead this team. I know they also got wide receiver uh, Chase Clay, Clay, Claywood had a solid year in 2019, so he's got a weapon there at receiver. But what else do you expect? I My guess here with, with the Steelers is – you know, struggling to, to break 500. No, 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 no. There's no way. Give it to him, bro. There's Give it no to him. Way. I think the Steelers take the division, honestly. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go easy, that far with them. I don't know how easy the Ravens are going to take it. The Steelers have the number one ranked defense. Um, They got James Conner, who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Juju Smith-Schuster, they added some new rookies. I think Mike Juju Tom on that beat, Dave. You hear that? Juju on that beat out of USC. I, for some reason, really like the Steelers. I don't. Uh, know how well defense will come defense. Back up after his injury, but like I said, I think Mike Tomlin's one of the better coaches in the league, and he's going to lead them to a stellar. Season. I mean, they were eight and eight last year with no Roethlisberger, and everyone thought they were shit. But number one ranked defense, I think they take this AFC North conference. I'm not going to go that far, but I, I definitely foresee the Steelers being somebody to be reckoned with in the AFC. They're not going. They, they're going to give the Ravens trouble. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have a strong disagree here. I think Rooster's coming in hot again. So so the Ravens Ravens are getting beat by the Steelers this year uh, for overall for for the division, and Denver is beating the Chiefs. It's finishing above the Chiefs uh, as well. Hey, you know the kid's that was bold. a hot. That was He's an bold. We hot already take. we clarified this last week. He's bold. That was an extremely hot take. Obviously. I genuinely think the Steelers run with the division. Don't run with it, but they beat the Ravens for the conference. I also think this is an incredible conference to watch with obviously the Ravens coming off a really good season. The Steelers, I think, will be really good. The Browns are always fun to watch, whether they're suck or whether they're good. They have a lot of weapons that are going to – I think it was Kevin Stefanski's first year. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator last year. Also be a really good team to watch with their um, household names on their team. And then, of course, the Bengals and – uh, Joe Burrow will also be a team to watch, even though they're going to suck. Uh, all right, uh, hold on, hold on, guys. Uh, DC, DC, flip, flip to your your big boy mic, please. We on? We live? Yeah, there you go. You see that? You hear that? You sound like like a real grown up. All right, go ahead. All right, well, spe- speaking of big boys, we got a few big boys over uh, in Cleveland with Odell and uh, Mayfield. They these guys are going to pull it together. They're going to be running around like children again this year. Well, Dave, they got a new head coach coming in, uh, Kevin Stefanski. He was the OC uh, for the Vikings the past few years. They brought him in after the uh, year-long failed experience with Freddie Kitchens. Failed uh, for them last year. They think they finished 6-10. and Um, You got Mayfield. You got Odell Beckham Jr. You got Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry returning from last year. Uh, and Kareem Hunt, who actually was out the first six games uh, due to suspension, uh, but they brought in uh, they brought in uh, Austin Hooper, tight end uh, from the Falcons, as a free agent. Which he, you know, he's a huge target, um, and I think he's going to be a great addition to that. I mean, team. I think we can name all the players you want here. I mean, Chubbs was second in rushing in 2019. They added two tackles as well, but I don't think any of that really matters. They had talent last year. The question is, can the talent come together and, and put together a decent product? Are we there yet? You know, are the Browns there yet? Can Kevin Stefanski capitalize with all these names? I think Baker Mayfield was the highest rated quarterback of, on like first possession of the game or something like that. 
the hell does that mean? And like if like if he gets he was the best quarterback if he got the ball first. Oh, first possession. He's oh, scored. for the rest of the game, or just for that? Like he had great efficiency in the first possession possession of the game. Exactly. But yeah, I think it comes down to what Stefanski can do with it. Basically, what he just said, Dave, doesn't fucking matter. PFF stat of the day. Oh, PFF, Chris Sims, you little bitch. Chris Collinsworth. Collinsworth too. Collins. So let's go around. Do the Browns make the playoffs? No. Okay, I'm going to disagree. I think the Browns make the playoffs. I think the AFC oh, North yes, is going to be a very tough division uh, in in the AFC. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're too talented. They still have uh, David Navaku, Njoku, whatever his last name is, at tight end as well. So those are two safety nets for Baker Mayfield. And I really... I think Kevin Stefanski brings an offensive system that is going to gel with these guys, and he's going to get the best out of each and every one of them. So I look for, I look for him over under. I'm going to say ten games. So you're win. saying you're putting the so you're saying the over under is ten games. Meaning if you're taking the over, you're saying they're. I'm saying that I'm just saying they're going to win ten games this year. So they they're going to win ten. You do think they make? Playoffs? I think they make playoffs oh, at ten and six. Nuts. Ten and six. I think they're either the Ravens or Steelers will they will have to wild, hold the wild card position. No, well, I, I I completely I think, disagree with the Steelers. I think this everyone just assumes the Steelers are always going to be good every year. The Steelers are just assumed to be good and make the playoffs, similar to like the Cowboys. And I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see thirty eight year old Ben, or I don't see the Brown. I don't see the Browns getting there either, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think you got you got the Bengals in your division. So there's six wins for those three teams right there. So there's two two wins off the bat for those three teams right there. Boom. You got two wins. So basically what you have to do is win seven or eight more games to basically give yourself a shot for the playoffs. The AFC East is absolutely atrocious this year. The Bills might be the only team to win more than five games. You know, who knows? I know we say Patriots, Patriots are winning more than five games. Come on. Oh, who do they got other than Cam Newton? Who, and, and who have Julian they had Newton? the last 10 years? Tom Brady with his big swinging dick and six Wait. rings on it. Oh, prediction. Leonard Fournette to the Patriots. Ooh. Chalk it up now. Ooh, all right. Chalk got... it up now. All right. Okay. Heard, heard, uh, heard some whispers that Alvin Kamara wasn't happy down no, in New he Orleans. Was, he was at practice today. I think Ooh, I saw that. Came back. Yeah. Well, let, let's roll through the. I mean, let's roll through the Bengals quick, and then we'll head oh, over to New Orleans. No, okay. Nope. Hey, moving on. So just want to move on. My well, boy Joe quick. Burrow's. No, I'm pretty sure you just. I'm pretty sure you just went through the whole Bengals team just right there. <laughs> Didn't that just happen? I, I'm, I'm gonna disagree. I think I think the Bengals get at least five wins this year. They suck, they suck so bad, they're not even worth wasting a breath. Five wins? Yeah, I'll put them at five yeah, wins. I'm going to say one or two. One or two. I'll give them three. Three? Two. No, two. You looking at their schedule? No, but this sporting news has them at six and ten. That's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. Sporting news better fucking quit their day job. Um, I don't see it. I, I see Joe Burrow. Here, here's just, the thing. If Joe Burrow doesn't get five wins and Bengals are up for a top pick next year, are they looking at Trevor Lawrence? No. No, Jacksonville. We're, we're going to get to Jacksonville here in a minute. Trevor Lawrence could always be trade leverage, though, down the road. Yeah, if, if you're Cincinnati. But I just we'll, – we'll get we'll, – we're going to cover the AFC South next year. All right, so – Bruce, Steve-O, give me your, you know, let's let's rank the division. 
I'm going to run with my Steelers, like I said. Not even a Steelers fan, but I'm taking the Steelers and win the division. Ravens at two, Browns three, Bengals four. Dave, I'm going to go Ravens one, Browns two, Steelers three, and the Bungles with the paper bag on their head at four. All right, I'm, I'm going Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. And, oh, now uh, we're shitting on the Steelers, huh? Not shitting Rooster on them. I just said 10 Steelers. wins. I said 10 wins. I said 10 wins for the Browns. So I think, I don't know, maybe the Steelers only have nine wins. I don't know. So you, you think there's going to be three teams in this division with over 10 wins? No. You just said the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens all over 10 wins. No, I said the, the Steelers are going to have nine. I said uh, nine. 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 <laughs> The truly talking here, abs. Wild Barry. Uh, uh, all right, where where are we going after this, Steve? I'll take me to the next division. We're gonna go to the AFC South, Dave. Um, and we're gonna preview the Texans, Titans, Colts, and Jaguars. Well, let's might as well start with the Jaguars since there's probably not gonna be too much here if they're in a tank mode. Um, what what, what do you have? We got Minshaw there, who, who's the new starter. He's always on brand. He's a fan favorite, that's for sure. Is he going to get it's it done Min on the field, Shoe. though? It's Minshew, but Shaw would be just as cool. I mean, he does wear jorts. He does rock Daisy Duke jorts. Handlebar and a, mustache. And a mullet. And a mullet. So here's, here's a player that I think is fighting this year for his position. They tank. You know, what if he gets them over five wins, they might not get the quarterback that replaces them in the draft. Is that fair to say? Yes, I agree. So if uh, he can get the team, if he can get the Jaguars over five wins – they might not be able to draft his replacement. Yeah, yeah. No. I think they traded away ninety percent of their starters from last year, um, in full, full on uh, tank mode. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't foresee it happening. If they win two games, I will be completely, utterly shocked. I think they have two players left from their AFC Championship game. Yeah. And when was when was over. when was that? Three years ago. Man, things yeah. change fast. Yeah. yeah. Three. Whenever it was. Google. Well, let's let's roll into the Texans, cool. Houston Texans. Um, got decent receivers, Fuller, Cooks, and Cobb. Obviously lost Hopkins in the trade and brought in David Johnson at running back. Kind of a surprising trade in the offseason. Um, Steve-O, Rue. We taking this away? Take it away, yeah. Well, what do you got? I, I, you got in Houston. I, well, I don't know with this division – I think Houston walks through this division. I, I know D-Hop was obviously a critical factor there, a team last year. And um, they played – what? who did they lose to? AFC semifinal? So they beat the Bills 10-6. to They were up 24 nothing against the Chiefs and then lost 57-31, to which was a kind of – like you, you say 24 nothing now, but I believe it was like a defensive touchdown, maybe a special teams touchdown – uh, but regardless, it was 24 nothing. They, they wound up getting beat by the Chiefs 51-31. I think they still offensively, Deshaun Watson can run the show and still put up numbers for them like he did last year. Also, J.J. Watt on the defense, is he too old to play? I know he's been questioning it's retirement. Always, it's always health concerns for both of them. Every fucking time. It always health concerns with both of them. I think half of his career was, it was with a cast on on the field. Yep. Yeah, and or not on the field. Because or just not, yeah, or just not on the field. And Deshaun Watson, you got to worry about his knees. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not going to be a good team. I think this is a, a transitional year for Bill, Bill O'Brien. He's also the GM of the team. So making that move with DeAndre Hopkins, trading him for David Johnson and 
basically nothing else. A couple of you know mid mid draft picks. Um, it, it's going to get scrutinized. So if they don't win, he's in deep shit, and that's my prediction for him. Um, I, I do want to mention though, uh, the Texans. Uh, they promoted uh, D line coach uh, Anthony Weaver, who is a Saratoga High graduate of 1998 who uh, I struck out uh, twice or uh, three times I think uh, in a in a Babe Ruth baseball game uh, he is now their new defensive coordinator and uh, I've kind of been following that uh, pretty closely and from what I'm hearing from the Texans franchises they're very excited for what he brings to that defense so uh, I, I think the Texans are going to be you know the team to beat in that division um, but I, I also think that the Titans and the Colts uh, will kind of We'll push them. So let's let's roll into the Colts. Our, I'm just going to call Philip Rivers our boy for some reason on this podcast. But Phillips Rivers uh, leaving L.A., lands in Indianapolis. Success or no? Well, well let's, let's use success lightly there. I mean, we're, we're, I, I don't think we're well, expecting him to go to the Super Bowl here. but Well, Frank Reich is the head coach. He played under Frank Reich uh, with the Chargers. Um, so he knows the system. Um, I, I foresee – I don't know. He's another guy that's 38 years old at the back end of his career. Him, Roethlisberger, Eli Manning all came into the league in, in 05 together. I don't know. I I, I just – I'm not sold Does on Does he have the, the, the weapons around him? They picked up Pittman Jr. in the second round at wide receiver. Ty, Ty Hilton should be, should be healthy this year. He was unhealthy last year. He's definitely got weapons around him, Dave. I just again, I don't know at 38 years old um, if he's going to be. You know, they they do play at an indoor stadium, so he doesn't really have weather won't be a factor on home games. See, it sounds like you you want him to do good and really yeah. don't want to rip him right now, but maybe you I, should I be like ripping Phillip him. I like him. He's a gunslinger. He's a gutsy quarterback. You know, he's got balls. I love it. But I just I don't I don't know if I could back him. I don't know if I could get on his bandwagon. I'm rooting for him, but I don't know if I can I can back. Well, let's head over to Tennessee then. Tennessee. 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 Tannehill. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is definitely first team all duct tape team. He is a top notch. So he's coming off back. his um well, they gave him a four year fifty million dollar deal deal this year, I believe. Uh, along with Tannehill, 20. a four year hundred and eighteen million dollar deal. So Tennessee's got their faith in these two. I don't. I agree, Dave. I They're swinging money around willy-nilly. I don't think Derrick Henry marks to what he did last year at all. I think the guy to watch is A.J. Brown, who also like had the most yards after catch last season. He, was, uh, he had the most touchdowns over 50 yards. Physical receiver, big body. I think he's going to make catches. He's going to make plays for that team. I don't know how well Derrick Henry does. I do like Ryan Tannehill from him coming from – uh, the Dolphins and absolutely being dog shit there and flipping it around and playing well for Mike Rabel and the Titans. But like I said, I think AJ Brown's the guy to watch. I think he's going to be a stellar receiver this season. Yeah, I, don't, I, I I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I don't I don't know if they're going to match. Basically, they got hot towards the end of the season and and made a run to the AFC Championship last year. I don't foresee that happening again. Um, it's also I think when, when a new quarterback comes in a system and it's fresh, like it takes a little while for, for defensive coordinators to, to kind of figure them out a little bit. I think Tannehill had a little bit of that last year, and mm -hmm. I don't think that'll be continued into 2020. Ryan Tannehill, best quarterback against the Blitz last year. And I already told you why. 
Oh, because his wife. Fucking wife, man. Smoking hot. Next episode, we rank through the hottest quarterback wives. Ooh. All right. Well, Tannehill might win already. <laughs> All right, boys. How do we see it uh, playing out in the AFC South this year? Rue, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to take the Texans to win it. Titans follow them up at two. Colts three. Uh, and the Jaguars at a shit four. Shit for full tank mode on the Jags. Uh, I agree with them in the basement of that division. I am going to go Houston, uh, but I'm going to say the Colts are going to come in second. I, I want to see my man Mike Brinkman uh, down at the alehouse this year doing the C-O-L-T-S, Colts, Colts, Colts chant. It might be one of the funnest things you could do on a Sunday. Uh, Titans third and the Jacksonville shit wars fourth. Yeah, so Steve, I agree with you, but I see the Jags with over five wins this year. I'm gonna throw it out there. I think I think they get. I think I'd put the over under at four and a half, and I'd I'd bet the over. Better team. Who are we taking? The Bengals or the Jags? I'm taking the Bengals. Really? Taking the Bengals. I'm going Bengals. I like Gardner Minshew. I love his. Steve, you definitely tore apart the Bengals worse than the Jags. Maybe just because it's just like death. You know, Jaguars are just. The Bengals are easy to tear apart, though. Yeah, the Bengals got some good weapons on offense, though. AJ Green, Green, Joe Mixon. Um, they just added a, uh, I believe a wide receiver from Clemson, T Higgins. Yes, they did draft T Higgins in the second round. Yep. I mean, you guys can all be a dumb fuck all you want. I don't know. Maybe I'm way wrong. Maybe, maybe Joe Burrow comes in and, and he's just, you know, I don't know, smoking stogies, fucking drinking whiskey, just slinging the rock. We're comparing a three win team to like a four win. team. Yeah. So basically I, I think the Jaguars are the laughing stock of football this year. Laughing stock. I don't, I don't foresee them winning. Someone's got to be it. And if it's them, so be it. Who are we moving to? All right. So uh, we're heading South on the highway. Uh, We're going to be picking up the NFC South here. And uh, Dave, why don't you give us a rundown of the teams we'll be looking, looking to preview here. Yeah, so Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Brady from LSU, and Matt Rule from Baylor all come into North Carolina. Yeah, Charlotte, the Queen City, baby. Teddy Bridgewater is kind of like the quarterback I I feel like everyone roots for. He's got the great story behind him. Finally kind of got his, you know, coming out with this contract with the Panthers. First time he's kind of like officially the guy since since Minnesota. Yep, right. Yeah. And since Minnesota's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yep. And he he's actually one of the um, first quarterbacks to ever wear double gloves, uh, glove on each hand uh, while he's while he's quarterback. And I, I always kind of found that pretty amusing um, for a quarterback. Did Vic to used be- to throw with a glove on? I don't think so. I know, that just uh, instantly came to mind. I could be totally wrong. Too, like a lot of them wear it the on the left hand or their non-throwing hand. Um, I think I think uh, Peyton. Uh, his last year wore him on both, but uh, Teddy Teddy was kind of the founding father of the the double glove there, the glove on each hand. Obviously, Christian it. McCaffrey in is is kind of the shining star here. But as Giants fan, we were kind of rooting for Matt Rule to come to New York. Uh, didn't work out that way. What do, you, do you think he's going to be able, capable of kind of turning this team into a playoff team uh, in his first season? I don't think he's going to make uh, the a playoff run with, with the roster that he has, Dave. I think. I think Matt Rule is going to be a great coach in the league for years to come. I think, um, you know, where he's come from, he turned Temple around in a very short time, then basically went to a team that was given the death penalty in Baylor and made them relevant 
in in three short years uh had them basically vying for the playoff last year um he, he kind of he, he had his job to pick um for the playoff he took the money i mean the, the panthers put up some big some big dollars for him yeah, i don't think the giants were going to match that i don't even know if they gave him the option to match it um but it was some big money yeah nope i i, I think uh i think you're on to something there so but no I, I don't think rule uh leads this roster to the playoffs in such a tough division um you know, you 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 got the Saints, you got the Falcons, and you got the Bucks. When we all know the additions that the Bucks made, Brewster, what what are you thinking about the Panthers? So, uh, yeah, no, I agree. They don't have a playoff run, but I think it all comes down to if they can improve to what from what they did last year. Um, they went into the draft, they totally went defense, defense, defense in the draft. They went Derek Brown with their first pick at all. Didn't they? Didn't they basically six out of their seven draft picks were defensive players? Yeah. Yeah, I got right here actually seven out of seven. Seven out of seven. Yeah. They went all they defense. Went all defense. Yeah, that's... I, I like this Panthers team though. I don't know why. I I, I really like Matt Rule as a coach. Uh plug in the picture of me and Matt Rule. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Remember I sent the picture of me and Matt Rule in there? The group chat. Anyway, I think they're uh they got some good players all around. I like Teddy Bridgewater came in. He took over for Drew Brees last year. Uh, when Drew Brees had his thumb injury, he played really well. Um, I think he was he five and zero, right? Yeah, he was five and zero. Played or really, five and really one. good for them. I, yep. He deserved this contract with the Panthers. Hopefully, he can turn them around, make them a good football team. Um, really, always been a big fan of Joe Brady. He was a big name when it came to LSU and their offense, high-powered offense last year. Um, I don't think they obviously have the playoff run or anything like that, but that's my rundown. Well, let's move it on to. We brought this up a little earlier, but Alvin Kamara. Is he in? Is he out? He recently just said he well, he was missing he was missing mandatory practices basically out of the blue. He's looking for more money in a contract extension. Is what what do you what's your take? Is he is he gonna be in for this season or what? Are they looking to move him? I don't think they're gonna move him. I don't think they can get value for him. Um if they do move him. He you know, we just talked about the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey signed the largest contract uh for a running back. Um, in in uh, NFL history, sixteen million dollars a year. So it's reported that Kamara is looking for fourteen million dollars a year. I don't know if the Saints give him that right now. I know that the shelf life is. Here's what happened in 2017. He was Rookie of the Year, and he had a good 2018. And last year, he was basically hurt. And now he's saying, "I need money before I get hurt again, and I'm I'm a nobody." Right, which I, shelf- I I I completely agree with. I heard the Panthers were, or not the Panthers, the, the Saints were looking to give him about twelve million a year, but he wanted Christian McCaffrey money more at like sixteen million a year. So that that tells me they're going to settle. Uh, and and I think I heard fourteen. On the, on the field. I heard the numbers fourteen, Dave. And you know, like I said, the shelf life for a running back in the NFL is I think the average is five years. So you know, he's on year four. Like you said, injured last year. I think that you know the Saints are going to be tough uh, with with the roster that they have, coaching staff that they have. Um, so I think for them to be competitive and relevant in the in the NFC, I, they need Kamara uh, to be productive. He's Fun also fact. big in the slot too, which is huge for Drew Brees. Yeah. Fun fact alert: Alvin Kamara averaged less less than twelve carries a game at Tennessee. 
it's pretty pretty unbelievable that a guy would he get drafted in the fifth or sixth round uh, in in the in their third anyway he, he got drafted at least second or third day in the NFL draft um, basically was a nobody was nobody had him on his their radar and the guy who came up and won rookie of the year so he's he's definitely got so the Saints also add Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. And they throw Malcolm Jenkins into the mix on defense. This, to me, this is one of the most stacked offenses I think in the AFC. I agree, Dave. Um, Drew Brees is still playing at a high level at forty. I think it'll be forty-one when the season starts. Still playing at a high level. You got you got the arguably the best wide receiver in football in Michael Thomas, and then Kamara uh, in the backfield uh, to go along with their with other weapons that you just mentioned, Dave. So they're definitely going to be the team to beat in that division in my opinion but mm-hmm. well, let's, head, let's go over to hot Atlanta here oh hot Atlanta. i don't i don't foresee atlanta giving the saints and the bucks a, a real run for their money i think they might be improved from last year uh dan quinn kind of i don't know if if uh they won't I don't, I don't know see how major change up. from this year to la- from this year to last year with Atlanta. They brought in Todd Gurley, so if Todd Gurley can be Todd Gurley of two years ago, three years ago, then then yeah, Atlanta's going to be you know a team to be reckoned. He was with. battling a knee injury last year. Yeah, he's been battling a knee injury yeah. since he left Georgia. I mean, he he you know he had a couple good years in the pros, and then basically the last two years have been down years for him, and and um, you know the the. He was released by the Rams. Got a big contract. Got released, and you know now he's he's returned home to to Georgia, uh, where he played his college uh, football for the Bulldogs. Uh, now he's playing for the Falcons. So we'll see if he, you know, kind of I guess if you want to say resurrects his career. But I don't know. I I think uh, in this division, Atlanta might win some games, but I don't think they're going to compete for the title. So we've talked about, the, obviously, the Patriots and Tom Brady quite a few times on this podcast already. Let's quickly go around with with uh, what we think is going to happen in Tampa Bay and then give the, the rundown of the division. I think Tom Brady can still compete at 42 years old or whatever it is. I really like – they have a tremendous amount of offensive weapons. I think Chris Godwin will be one of the better receivers in the league this year. Um, obviously, you have Mike Evans, who's a bigger body. I was going to say, Rue, I mean, you look for Mike Evans to just be Tom Brady's uh, happy place, I guess, if you want to you know, term it at that. I mean, he's going to be his go-to. And then you got Gronk. You got, uh, you know, Shady McCoy they signed, which, you know, I don't know. Maybe that guy's looking to make, make something uh, out of his career again. But I, I really, I, I foresee the Bucks being, being tough with Byron Leftwich too, as well. Also an incredible offensive, offensive mind. Coordinator. Take advantage of that offense. Bruce Arians is a quarterback yeah, guru exactly. at head coach, and and you know he proved himself. He took the Arizona Cardinals to the to the Super Bowl uh, with Kurt Warner and that squad. So I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of looking forward to see what Tom can do down in Tampa. Um, I think you know, obviously, Dave. You said we've talked about Brady and we've talked about the Patriots, but um, I just, I really look forward to to this division this year. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be exciting. I think the games are going to be, you know, just unbelievable. They, uh, I don't know if we talked about Rob Gronkowski yet, though, but I think we can expect to see him flexed out more and 
you know, them utilize that pass. Do you think he'll wear eighty seven or sixty nine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the credible thing about this division, like three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, obviously Matt Ryan's got his run for it, but you have the one-two punch when it comes to passing yards and passing touchdowns with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Yep, this is an incredible division to watch, and I know the Panthers probably won't make much run of it, but from top to bottom, there's some really good players. I think yeah, really good the teams. The Panthers but, aren't aren't going to finish do well in the division. They're still, I think, they're going to be a fun team to watch regardless. I agree. This, this, is, agree. this is a this is a great division to pay attention to on Sunday. Well, listen, let, and let's not lose fact that you know that, that you have you know Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in Atlanta. You know, arguably two of the the, the best you know wide receiver QB combo uh, in the last decade in, in the NFL. You know, so I think I think I mean look at the quarterback wide receiver duo going down the whole list. I mean, you have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, or Tom Brady, Chris Godwin. Right. You have Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. Yep. You have Julio Jones, you have and Matt Ryan, and then with the Panthers, we're going to see what you know Teddy Bridgewater and C.J. Moore can bring to the table. And, but then also you think about McCaffrey too. What did he have? He had over a hundred receptions oh, last yeah. year out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, so you know it's it just I, I think it's one of the most exciting divisions to pay attention to in football this year, and I don't think we can predict it. Um, well, let's try to go ahead. Give 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 the uh, give your ranking. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers. I'm going I'm going Saints, Falcons, Bucks, Panthers. This is strictly because of my fantasy roster. I have Tom Brady and Chris Godwin. Um, so I'm going to take Go oh, bold, bro. Go bold. Uh, like I love Drew Brees as well, though. No, I'm going chalked. Chalked as it gets. Pussy. I'm taking the Bucks, the Saints, the Falcons. Oh, they ain't chalked. I meant C- I meant DJ Moore earlier too. Not CJ Moore. For DJ CJ. It's all they're good. all the fucking same. Dave wouldn't even know how to fucking say it. I can pronounce initials. Okay, I can, oh, I can say that. Oh, <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's head over to college football. Not a lot of news in college football this week, but Big Ten is starting to roll back their decision. Uh, their commissioner president had a meeting with, with President Trump. Things are starting to push to our prediction that these big teams in the Big Ten are going to be playing football this year. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dan Patrick keeps referring to his source, uh, who he says is a very viable source, and kind of been filling him in with information on – Basically, everything that has gone on and and what might be going on with the with the Big Ten to this point. So they came out yesterday, said that they're hoping for October 10th to be a start date for the Big Ten if they can get football rolling. You got uh, that date basically giving you a chance to make sure that every team is eligible for the playoff at the end of the year. So um, I know the White House is pushing it. They're they're backing them with funding for for testing and and everything to try to move forward. So. I think you predicted it a couple of weeks ago, and 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 I I hope I I pray that the Big Ten plays football this fall. Why did it take a meeting with the president for Kevin Warren to be like, all right, let's play some football now? I don't think, I think that was it. I think I don't either. I mean, we we had we talked about this in the last two episodes. I mean, players, coaches, and parents were speaking out, and they were doing awesome. so in a meaningful way. Awesome. They were they were gonna sue the Big Ten. The parents were suing the Big Ten. So basically, it went as far as the White House, where you know Trump has been, you know, 
Trump is, I mean, Trump is campaigning right now. So he's, he's meeting with him to campaign. He wants, he wants votes because some of the big 10, big, big 10 schools are in swing states. So if he thinks if he can help them get to play football, that looks good on him. Maybe he can get some votes. Um, But it's, it's the big 10. The the big 10 is making noise. Put it that way. Like the PAC 12 is not making noise and they're not playing. Um, that might be the only conference that we don't see playing football this year. They, they haven't made a peep from, from the top to the bottom. Um, I, I, I just, I find it so hard to, to believe that the PAC 12 can't put something together when teams like central Arkansas and Austin P are playing on ESPN last Saturday night. It's just, it's crazy to me, but to each their own, I, I really hope we get to see the, the Big Ten uh, play this fall, and I, I really think whatever the motives are, whatever the the direction is, I think it's moving forward, and I'm really hoping they come to an agreement with all the presidents because that's what I think it's going to boil down to is voting by the, the school presidents to push this forward and get the Big Ten back into college football and basically see teams like, so, Steve, oh, two, two big names, Jamar Chase and Jamie Newman, came out this week and both said they're they're opting out. I think Jamar Chase makes a little bit of sense, but Jamie Newman was a transfer into Georgia. It was supposed to be the starter this year. Why do you think he why do you think he opted out? I mean, he blamed it on, on COVID, but what, what do you think that is the underlying reason there? I don't even know if he blamed it on COVID, Dave. I think I think it was more so he just wants to prepare himself for the 2021 draft, which why would you leave Wake Forest? If you thought going to Georgia was going to be a better situation for you to make a a name for yourself in next year's draft doesn't make any sense to me. Um, The only thing I can think of is that uh, transfer JT Daniels from USC is pushing him for for starter reps and he thinks he's going to devalue his stock in next year's NFL draft. But other than that, Dave, it doesn't make any sense why you'd leave one school to come to another and then opt out. So uh, I definitely know why Jamar Chase did, and he's basically come out and he's been honest and just said if if he had a quarterback like Joe Burrow for last year, uh, he he would be playing this year. But he doesn't really foresee himself doing anything to up his value in next year's draft. So I, I guess I, I think we're going to see a lot of that this year, and then even as the season progresses, I think you might see guys that are on bad teams opt out be, just because of the fact that they're not going to be relevant. Um, so I think it's something to keep your eye on, but, but not really lose any sleep over it. So let's go ahead and look at our tweets of the week. They're all football focused this year. Rooster, you got one that's, that's locally driven, not part of the hen house, opposite of the hen house. Rooster, what's your tweet of the week? Yeah. So my tweet of the week is going to be, uh, uh, Xavier Lee of Troy high running back commits to you, man. X was special. I remember uh, I was fortunate enough to play with him my junior, senior year. I remember he came in when I was a junior and he was on modified, modified to junior varsity, junior varsity to varsity, and everyone knew he was going to be really special. So he was an eighth grader, climbed his all the way, all the way up to uh, varsity football. So he played sectionals as an eighth grader? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I knew he, I knew your senior year he was a freshman on the team. Yeah, that's really impressive. really special kid, extremely fast, extremely athletic, and uh, 
you know, like I said, he is a special kid, um, hard nosed. And I think most of all, he's a competitor. I think UMass got a good one and uh, he's going to perform there. So X, awesome for you. I'm happy for you. Troy High is happy for you. Uh, good job. I think we all are. I think I've spent some time with him over the years, too, just because you guys played with him. And, and he's just he's a good kid, too. He's, he's somebody you, you, you want to root for. So, Xavier, congratulations. And we're proud of you. And just keep grinding. Yeah, he's one of those players you look at from the stands and he just stands out a little bit for, for whatever reason. It's just the pads fit better on him compared to everyone else on the field. So um, I said it. I think I said it to you guys when we saw some film on him. He's just got sneaky speed, too, where, you know, he outruns guys and he doesn't look like he's, you know, he's running that fast, but he's 20 yards ahead of him yeah, real he, quick. He put up uh, over 1,300 yards and 25 touchdowns his junior year, which is, uh, you know, ten, nine or 10 games. So pretty impressive. For UX, he just makes it look easy. Yeah, definitely. So that rolls into my social media post of the week. Kirk Cousins, when asked about COVID, gave the Drago response If I die, I die. If he dies, he dies. I think this just fits. I think this is becoming the brand of Kirk Cousins, and uh, um, I'm all for it. I will. Um, what was his quote? Um, you like that? You like that? You like this that? Act, yeah, this is the second to you like that. If I die, yeah. I die. <laughs> Jeez, Kirk D. Cousins. Uh, well, I guess we brought it right there. But hey, bud. Uh, you know, we we don't want to see you go. Don't you go dying on us now? You hear? But uh, hey. I, I, I kind of respect what he's saying. He's basically just saying, you know, I'm I'm here to play football, and and if if something kills me, it kills me. I, I don't, you know, and I think Rooster, you made you made a point today about 350 pound linemen basically trying to rip your head off every single play. Like you might have a better chance of them killing of, you, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, than 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 a virus. So we'll see. I don't want to make light of of anything, but um, I, I kind of like. Uh, cousin's uh mindset staying, staying on brand and with that steve I'll roll into your tweet of the week uh dave this got me so excited basically when i hear this i get goosebumps dave that's that's sec on cbs man and it's coming back this year and i'm pumped i'm fired up i, I can't wait to watch football on Saturdays. It's what I look forward to all year long. And, and SEC football is as competitive as it gets. And, and just, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I know our tech department is generally overloaded here at cover city, but we need to, we need to somehow get video clips of Steve-O during the podcast to, to use as teasers for, for social media. <laughs> If we, if you, if the listeners just could have saw his face while the music was blaring, that that right there said it. Fired up. Well, let's get fired up with the NBA playoffs getting heated up. Uh, I think we said that on the last podcast. There was a little Jekyll and Hyde action going. I think that's kind of tailing off, and we're we're starting to see this come uh, full circle here. So, Steve, let's start with last last episode. You were talking about Chris Paul, and it was kind of his revenge tour. Uh, and that game is going into Game Seven. I think you nailed it. I think you absolutely called the series, the Chris, Chris Paul revenge tour. How do you think you finish it off? Well, here's the thing. So it'll be Wednesday night. So when this airs Thursday morning, well, you already know the winner, but I'm rooting for CP3. I'm rooting for his revenge tour. Um, I just don't see it happening tonight. I, I see the Rockets winning by double digits. I see James Harden taking over, and I think Russell Westbrook finishes with a triple-double. Um, 
uh, you know, the, the Thunder made a, a great run. And uh, even when Chris Paul got traded from the Rockets to the Thunder, I thought he would have been traded immediately after, but they looked at that roster and, and, and they made themselves competitive. So I'm rooting for Chris Paul and the Thunder tonight, but I, 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 I think I see the Rockets uh, winning, winning easily. And the games, uh, the three games they won, Chris Ball averaged 26.7 points per game. The three losses, uh, his scoring dipped to 16.7 points a game, which uh, that can that can say a lot going in tonight. Uh, we also have Westbrook. I think other teams are licking their chops when he pulls up for a jump shot. He clearly <laughs> hasn't been the best when it comes to shooting. Yeah. Uh, past two games, he's making just three of his uh, 13 three-pointers. Um, I think we see him driving to the hoop more tonight. Letting James Harden take that three ball. I think James Harden puts up some big numbers tonight. I think he. I think we'll see. Like I said, with the triple doubles, he'll be more of a, a facilitator and and a guy you know kind of grinding down low, getting rebounds, um, and then leaving the scoring up to Harden and, and Eric Gordon. So I, I I see Houston winning winning in easy fashion tonight. Um, you know what? Just for the fun of it, I'm taking the Thunder. Chris Paul and the boys mm, to the moon. Thunder down under over here with Rooster. I got you, kid. All right, so. You're going to roll that way. Um, I, I honestly think it's inevitable that any team in the West that that uh, kind of moves on to the next round, round two, uh, the winner of that game will be facing the Lakers. And then the uh, the Nuggets won a game seven last night that was actually one of the lowest scoring games in the bubble, but it was exciting. Came down to the final buzzer. Uh, Nuggets pulled it out. They were down big in the third quarter, made a comeback. And uh, they, they move on to face the Clippers, in which I see them being swept. Just get the brooms out, sweep them right if out of Dodge. they knew what was good for them, they'd lose this game tonight. Under on this game, because one of them wants to go home. Who? Who loses tonight? I'm talking Thunder Rockets. Oh, okay. If they knew what was good for them, they'd lose. You just They'd intentionally just, lose. Yeah, don't delay the inevitable. Exactly. Well, Rooster basically has the Lakers never right, losing ever again. We're going to get to that. <laughs> go ahead. Pick it up. Get to the Lakers, Rue. No, that's what that's when we get to the hen house. Once we go knocking on that door, okay, oh. we're getting close. We're we're coming around the bend uh, at the at the hen house. But see, well, what else is going on in on in the NBA? What other series are are we looking out for? So you got the, the both East uh, series are in round two. Uh, Celtics are up two nothing against the Raptors. They're looking tough. And then you got uh, Wednesday night. Uh, right now, it's actually ten minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Miami's up. Four points against Milwaukee, looking to go up 2-0. So I think if Miami can pull this game off and go up 2-0, it's going to be a tough hole for for the Bucks to climb out of. And and I really I don't see the Raptors uh, taking down the Celtics. So uh, I think I called it uh, last week, Lakers Clippers. Um, but I, I did I did not call Bucks. I did not call the Bucks. I said Celtics in the Eastern Conference. I love this Miami Heat team. They're just hard-nosed players all around the court from Tyler Hero, an incredible shooter. We also have Duncan Robinson, uh, the Williams transfer to Michigan, uh, who has been a really good shooter in the bubble. He's over 50% from the field, 50% from the three. Jay Crowder, he's in. Do you think he gets picked on for having the name Duncan, though? I would assume so. Yeah. I would pick on someone with a the name bit. Duncan. Yeah. Tyler Hero might have the best fade. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's been playing incredible. I think this is a really good team, and I, they give the Bucks a run for the money. I'll no, take, they definitely I'll take got the heat. grit. I'll take the heat with a gentleman's sweep after they win this game. Gentleman's sweep, huh? The yeah. Can you define gentleman's sweep? Uh, gentleman's sweep is the 4-1 to one win in the series. 
Oh, so we're going four. We're letting one. him win a game. That's what the gentleman Is did. Jimmy Butler hurt. What's going on with him? I don't know. I saw what's his name limping off. Um, Andre Iguodala. Oh, so. he might be 176 years old. I think, his, he was, I think he was older than Joe Lewis like, in his last his fight. His hairline but. looks 176 years old. <laughs> this Bucks team that it we says, didn't talk about. This says the LeBron fan. Relax, says the LeBron relax. fan. We didn't talk about the Bucks team, though. Giannis has also been really good. Giannis. Same Giannis. Thing. Same thing. He gets to the basket way too easy. It's all about getting the ball in the hoop. He's got the ball in his hands right now. Well, has he faked to the rack? And he finishes. We told you it's that easy. What do we got next? Was that live? That was live. Live. So, Rooster, we're around the bend. We're pulling up. We're at the hen house. What do we got in the in the hen house this week? Is there a goose egg or are we clear? We got both, Dave. Welcome to the hen house. We have a performance throne, and we have two goose eggs. We actually have two performance thrones to start. Uh, narcissist alert. Narcissist alert. The performance throne is me sitting on the performance throne because my take of the Los Angeles Lakers still stands. They are currently 1-0 from when I said they were going to win out. one game, but D Rooster <laughs> did actually give an SAT word of the week with they're narcissists. Gonna, they're going to walk through this next round, whether it's the Rockets or Thunder. Uh, my next performance throne is something we already touched on a lot. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Miami Heat playing well. They swept their first series. They're 1-0 right now, about to make it 2-0. Love this Heat team. I'm excited to see them down the stretch. Uh, let's move on to the goose egg of the week. This was easy. Uh, I took the Rockies in a parlay. That didn't work out too well as they lost 23-5. to You would have thought it was a football game. They were absolutely pathetic. I don't even know if they showed up to the game. Wait, the rooster, they had a field goal and a safety. What do you mean? <laughs> absolutely pathetic. I don't think they showed up to the game. They stayed in the locker room. Um, so thanks, Rockies, for that. The other three teams hit of the four-teamer. So kick rocks. Never taking the Rockies again in my life. Uh, second goose egg to wrap the hen house up. This one was also easy. This one goes to anyone who took the over in the Jazz Nuggets game. We had a whopping 80-78 to 78 final. Uh, wasn't the highest scoring game. It was, was it Steve? I'll answer his question. Was it really good defense or was it really bad offense? Really bad offense. Okay. Easy enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a good game. Like you said, oh, well, no, it, what, it was an exciting game it was, with the last three seconds with that last three ball going up in and out. And then jazz were up, I think 11 at one point, uh, you know, Denver came storming back. Uh, then they went back and forth basically the last eight minutes of that game. So it was, it, it was an exciting game. You know, fuck them, fuck and whoever took the over in the Jets. <laughs> yeah, the under. That'll uh, wrap up the ten house of the day. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let let let's get into what's going on this weekend, uh, Steve. FedEx, FedEx Cup and Kentucky. You got the FedEx Cup. You got the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you're our golf and, and and horse guy. What what do you what's going on with this weekend? It's obviously big with the Kentucky Derby. FedEx pretty big. Yeah, Kentucky Derby's probably the biggest race that that, that they run um, in in horse racing, and then with the golfers, you got the the FedEx uh, Cup playoff playoffs. Um, so that's actually the the final tournament of the 2020 2020 uh, season for uh, golf. Um, that's going to be played down in uh, East Lake in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So basically, how the playoff uh, FedEx playoff cup works. Uh, it's going to actually start on Friday this week. Usually they're Thursday through Sunday, but with, with it being Labor Quiet, Day weekend, Steve we got to cut you off. Breaking news. 
Leonard Fournette to the Buccaneers. Bucks, wow, swinging Buck me. I was, I said the Patriots. Fuck me. Buck, buck me. <laughs> wow, Rube, breaking news on the pod. Yeah, screw your FedEx Cup. Whoa. I, I, now I got Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, and Tom Brady on the fantasy team. I'll walk through this championship. Get back to the whatever you're saying. All right. Breaking news on the pod. I love it, Rue. Who reported that one? Adam Schefter. Schefter, of course Shefty he did. Shefty, boy, a chef Shefty, bomb. wow. He really. So, Rue, you got, you got your whole fantasy team in the hen house. All your eggs in one basket, baby. Damn right. You know wow. Let's go Tampa we, Bay offense. We, we know uh, where Rooster's going to be rolling this this uh, football season with the, with the podcast. All right. So, get back FedEx Cup. Uh, it's going to be Friday through Monday this year. Uh, this, uh, this weekend, um, you've got, uh, leader Dustin Johnson and how it works is so they, they gain points throughout the season and the leaders start with a, a, a lower score. So Dustin Johnson's leader, he's going to start at 10 under and then kind of gradually, uh, move down from there. Uh, it's pretty amazing purse for the season ending tournament here. The FedEx cup, uh, $15 million goes to the winner. Um, it's pretty, pretty, uh, Pretty crazy to think you can win win a golf tournament and make fifteen million dollars. So um, that that's going to be pretty exciting over the weekend. And then, like I said, uh, uh, you got the Kentucky Derby. Um, we we've got a a, a very uh, heavy favorite in Tis the Law. We talked about him in previous podcasts. Uh, won the Traverse Stakes. Won the Belmont Stakes. Um, so this is going to be the second leg of the Triple Crown. Um, Eddie Olchek actually he's a NBC hockey and horse racing analyst. Uh, he was on the Rich Eisen show today. Gave us four, four horses to kind of look at in this race. So I'm going to give you that because Tis the Law is a morning line three to five. Probably going to go down from there. So there's really no money um, to be made in betting that horse. But to put him out of the money, you'd be crazy. So here's here's two other horses I give you guys to look forward to uh, to play in maybe an exacta or to to put in a, in a in a superfecta or a trifecta. Um, you got the three horse uh, enforcement, fifteen horse uh, New York traffic. Those two are probably going to go up around, you know, twenty to thirty one, uh, twenty to thirty to one uh, odds. So, so there there could be money to to be made uh, on those horses. And then the sixteen horses uh, honor AP. So uh, basically, the three, fifteen, sixteen, and then Tis the Laws is seventeen. Those are the four horses to kind of key in on and, and take a look at um from eddie olchek and my perspective for the kentucky derby so steve you think the you think the post position for tis and law is going to be a factor no i think it's too good of a horse pat to really kind of um i know it's it's very far outside but i, I just think this horse is head and shoulders above anybody else if in an ortiz field. isn't riding it i don't want it Ooh, well he's not any <laughs> franco uh he's gonna they stayed in saratoga yeah the, ortiz. the number one post position num the one post it was yes. closest, closest to the rail yeah closest to the rails where you want to be yeah we all fastest make fastest sense. way around yep close so. to the rail so steve i know we're going to get to your hard roll of the week your stewart's buttered hard roll but uh stewart's apparently came out with an ice cream flavor called tis the law any idea what flavors Apparently, it's the same exact flavor as their baked placid cheesecake. Oh, all right. Well, we might have to try it out. Stupid a little tis the law ice cream, a little treat, treat. a little treat for the road. Treating. What, so, Lantern, what road um, are we on, Dave? What's that? What road are we on? A road to the weekend? Bring the heat boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> 
weekends what to watch with Lantern. Lantern, what were we watching this week? All right, guys, we got the FedEx Cup playoffs Friday and Monday. You can watch that on the Golf Channel and NBC. The 146th running of the Kentucky Derby at the Church Hill Downs in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Saturday, post time is at 7.01. It is now party time on NBC. And the NBA playoffs, we got 6.30 on Saturday. Celtics-Raptors game four on TNT. Sunday, 3.30, Bucks Heat game four, ABC. Yeah, and if that's not enough for you, ESPN's got a triple header. Eastern Kentucky versus Marshall at one. SMU versus Texas State at 4.30. Memphis versus Arkansas State at 8 p.m. And Monday to round out your elongated weekend, Labor Day weekend at 8 p.m., you can check out BYU versus Navy. And that is what's going to light up your life. Let's do it. So before we get to the Stewart's Buttered Hard Roll, uh, if you don't know now, you know from Steve-O, another local local segment here. Steve-O, um, give us some more on, on Ian Anderson. Dave, a little did you know this week, uh, Shen Grad, Ian Anderson, we touched on him last week, uh, got his first major league uh, win against the Yankees. Uh, we do actually have a stat of the week here from John Germanario. Uh, it is that uh, – Ian is the first New York-born pitcher to get his first major league start against the Yankees in 100 years. So uh, we're going back 100 years on that. He got the win. Um, and also he pitched uh, Tuesday night against the Boston Red Sox. And I know I've uh, been openly vocal about my Red Sox having a down year this year, but they do still have some pretty big bats uh, in their lineup. And uh, Ian Anderson looked... Uh, Looked impressive in his second start uh, Tuesday night uh, through six innings, uh, six hits, two earned runs, and eight Ks, and got his second major league win. Um, I think it's uh, Atlanta's a team that that is going to make a run to the playoffs, make a run in the playoffs. Starting pitching was always a concern with them, and they didn't make any moves at uh, Monday uh, Monday's trade deadline. But I think with the, the call-up of Ian Anderson, um, I think that would probably be better than any uh, any trades that they could have made. So look look for uh, Ian to keep uh, keep the ball rolling, as they'll say. Um, in- rolling, rolling, rolling into the hard roll of the week. Dave, we're going Monday night football. We're not the NFL yet, but we're we're in college here. We got BYU against Navy, like uh, Lantern said, eight p.m. ESPN. Uh, the line actually opened at uh, minus two and a half. BYU minus given two and a half points. Uh, the line's down to BYU given uh, two points right now. And the over under opened at 55 and a half. And uh, now it's actually at 52 and a half. Uh, my prediction, my butter hard roll, I'm rolling with BYU and the under in this game. And the reason I'm doing it mainly is because Navy lost quite arguably one of the biggest game breakers in college football last year, Malcolm, Malcolm Perry. Uh, he graduated um, Navy runs a triple option offense. So I, I look at, look for them to grind out the clock. Uh, so that, that kind of gives you over. And I, and I like BYU bringing back uh, returning starter Zach Wilson threw for 2,300 yards last year. 
um, and actually missed four games. So I look for BYU to cover the spread, and I look for the game to go under, and I look for BYU to go up uh, go up a couple scores early and uh, kind of just coast uh, coast to, to an easy win here. Yeah, no one wants to be the under guy, but unders in week one, are, are, are solid. It always takes the offense a lot longer to kind of get up to speed than a defense. I mean, every, every time we've had a scrimmage for any team I've played for, the first scrimmage, the defense always dominates, and then by by the end, it, it all equals out. So no one loves an under guy, but unders in week, week one, I'm, I'm behind it. There's not much to a triple option offense, though, I feel like. Except what's, three options. What's What did you say? Except three options. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know how much offense you're preparing for here. Maybe they do put up their points. Who, Navy? Navy, yeah. Uh, I'm saying, well, Dave was saying in the sense, like, it's harder for, uh, you know, the offense is obviously new. They're still trying to get a hang of the whole scheme. Oh, there's not much to pick up. Yeah, I know. Rooster, that is an absolutely excellent point. Thanks, Dave. I tried. I tried. <laughs> totally, totally took my point and just done, you know shoved it in the ground. But the listeners, I the listeners will appreciate it. Off of your point, I mean, yeah. I, I no, I, yeah. You, you. It's I, a great, it's a great point. It doesn't take much for a triple option to I get up and the running. offense. And I get it that to learn yeah. the offense. But Malcolm Perry was a game changer. That guy, he rushed for I think it was over two thousand yards as a quarterback. Two thousand yards in college as a quarterback. This kid that they got coming in, I think Olsen's his last name, he's not going to be rushing for those yards. So, you know, yes, he can pick up the offense. It's not a lot to learn, but he's not going to he's not going to be a game changer like like their quarterback was last year. Well, sounds good. That's going to wrap it up. Episode six for us. Follow us at Cover City Sports on Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate everyone listening and tuning in. We'll be back next week. Until then, uh, make sure you, you throw some money on BYU and the under. Yeah, Cover City!